0: All right. I, so um, uh, the Alton Bay Ice Runway, um, which doesn't exist yet still. I checked just just uh, a few minutes ago. Um, and uh, the thing I find interesting um, about the... Al- so the Alton Bay Ice Runway is up here in New Hampshire. It's on Lake Winnipesaukee. It's uh, one of the sort of inlet covey kind of things at, at uh, Lake Winnipesaukee. In the summertime, it's a seaplane base. Um, so they have a lot of seaplane activity. In the wintertime... Um, when the conditions are right, it becomes the only, c- I don't know what the right word is, certified, registered, whatever, um, ice runway in America. Um, and, uh, but it takes spe- specific conditions for it to be opened. We've known this for years. Um, climate change has resulted in it not opening a lot of winters for the last couple of years uh, because they just don't get enough ice. And it has not gotten enough ice yet this year, which is not at all surprising because it's been incredibly mild up here so far this winter. But here's the part that's interesting. I came across this story that explained that, um, that the ice spec, the ice requirement, and apparently it's 12 inches, all right? There's a guy, he's like the manager, I'm making little finger quotes, the manager of the Alton Bay Ice Airport and and he goes out like every morning or, or ever on a regular often um, to uh, uh, to with a with a with a uh, apparently with a hand drill and a and a and a uh, and an auger thing on a long you know metal spike or whatever rod and drills down through the ice to see how thick the ice is, and and he does this in a whole bunch of places all around the runway and the taxiways and the ramp area and they all have to be 12 inches, according to this article. And if they're not, they can't open the runway. And um, if they are, they put out the word, I don't know if there's a notum or, or something, and, uh, and they open the runway. But here's the interesting part. The 12 inches of ice spec is not because of the airplanes. If it was just about safety for the airplanes, they could open the runway with less thickness of ice. The reason they need 12 inches of ice is for the Tr- the plow trucks that huh. actually plow the runway all right which actually when you stop and think about it, makes sense so if you just think about yeah, a, sure. a plow truck yeah. is well you guys from florida you, you know what a plow truck is you take a <laughs> yeah, big we do <laughs> don't make me come up yeah there. <laughs> imagine imagine one of those trucks that was carrying away debris after the big hurricane a couple of years back and put like a cow catcher thing on the front okay um and that's 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 a plow truck um they uh they uh, uh so they're bigger they are bigger you can easily imagine that they are heavier on the ground than uh your basic airplane um just about any any g a airplane is going to be lighter than a plow truck um they hit the article actually kind of kind of tongue in cheek said um if 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 we can get a whole bunch of people up here volunteering with shovels, we could open the runway earlier um and uh I thought that was interesting that uh that it's not the airplanes that that set the minimum it's the infrastructure um i wonder well and it's pretty thick ice they're looking for too 12 inches that's a lot of ice yeah absolutely yeah but yeah because they're going to put a big truck like out there you know carrying around all kinds of uh hurricane debris and uh <laughs> they actually i believe they're, they, they're not just tr- they put sand in the back of them i mean partly because they're going to spread sand sometimes but also just to give them weight for traction reasons so yeah these trucks are heavy and uh um I just, I don't know. I thought that was interesting. I wonder if there are other aviation, you know, restrictions, minimums, whatever, that have nothing to do with the airplanes and more to do with something else. Has anything come to mind? This just popped into my head now. I should have asked you to think about this in advance. Breaking
1: (laughs) breaking action comes to mind, but I'm sure they don't have any kind of official. Well. um, But I'm, I'm just trying to figure out how to get down and stop on that
0: uh this is i yeah i know and i've watched them do it they do it just fine um it, it's um you'd think there'd be no braking action at all you'd think that they would just slide on out into the middle of lake Winnipesaukee. um but uh you know they all seem to do just fine anyway, isn't this the saying though you're not supposed to use your brakes anyways when landing even when you leave land on pavement isn't that what that's my, true that's, that's what my, true my but instructor this
1: looks awfully short even if it was pain i mean it,
2: well, one of them's, what, 2,600? Is the other one longer?
0: There's o- I'm not sure which ones you're talking about. There's only one runway at all today. Okay. Um, and uh, and it's something like that. I've, I, I'm not looking
1: at the story. It says but- 2,600, 260,000 square foot runway. Yeah, That doesn't tell me a damn thing.
2: Yeah, lot. that doesn't tell me anything. Never mind. That's where that those numbers came from, at least. I yeah. did
1: read it. Oh, it's the also, it's The north-south runway is 2,600 feet yeah. long. See, I'm not crazy. Yeah, I can get down on that, but... Um it's helpful to have brakes.
0: Yeah. At the end. If well, you if care. you know that it's the taxiing that would make me nervous. Um, you know, uh because because uh although the good news oh. is, the good news is that you you're not like like so if you're taxiing around an airport, chances are it's not completely flat, all right? There are ups and downs and so you might, you know, if you didn't have the brakes, you could just roll down the taxiway un, uncontrolled. But but the ice runway, all of the ground, ground so to speak, of the ice runway are, by definition, flat, all right? There's no, you know, you don't have to worry about sliding down a hill because it's, it's all flat. Um, but
1: uh, I have done that in an airplane before.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah, that does happen. <laughs> it
1: does happen.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Somewhere but, out there, there's a warrior that I, 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 I surfed. Around the around that did time you really? Down hill.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we had that story Jeb that we talked. I think was last episode. where There was a story about uh, uh, somebody landing. It wasn't officially an ice runway, but it was. I uh, but I think he was landing on the ice. What was the story, I mean, Jeb? He,
1: there was one that fell through last. last That's weekend. what that was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. One seventy two yeah. fell through. It was out in. I want to say out in the west, but
0: yeah, something like, uh, Min- up in yeah up in Minnesota or, or yeah yeah, like, yeah Minnesota. right okay yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but uh, so maybe
2: twelve inches isn't bad.
0: Yeah. Well, I guess. I mean, I, as I said, I think the 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 folks who who do this thing are are pretty devoted, and uh, and they've done it for you know uh, many years, so they know what to require. Um, but uh, it's apparently. So I was just looking at their uh, at their the, the Alton Bay's— they have a webpage, page um, where, which is where, as of January first, it says still. It says still no ice. All right, which is a funny turn of phrase. But I can actually imagine that there could literally be no ice. There could be still open water. Um, I know Lookout Point has some open water still, and
2: uh, oh, that a, warm up there, for it's you Guys, a, it's
0: a, it's a weird winter here. It's really a weird it's
1: winter. Weird winter so here too. Yeah.
2: yeah, it's wet.
1: It's wet. It shouldn't be this wet.
0: Yeah, yeah. So. Uh, it is getting old too. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't <it> ah <now>? oh. <laughs> like it's raining. Poor babies. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Poor babies. Again, you're going to make me come up. Here. I am. He's
2: really problematic today. Between the the definition of a snowplow and now he's now he's <laughs> he's playing little violins for us.
0: Uh, <laughs> my two good friends, welcome, folks. It's <laughs> uncontrolled airspace. The General Aviation Podcast. I'm Jack Hodgson. Soon to be here with you all by myself. No, 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 no. I'm being joined. <laughs> I'm actually pl- very, very pleased to be joined by two of my very good friends here in our virtual hangar uh, one of those voices out there is uh from uh, from somewhere near Fort Myers Florida that's uh, Amy Loboda hi Amy how are you
2: doing okay on a very
0: windy day <laughs> yeah you warned us in advance that you could you could lose your your power or your internet connection or who knows what um, okay. and uh, so uh, but otherwise everything's good how's life down there
2: yeah it's the new year and um, we've been playing around with our new ahars and trying there's a lot of calibration I don't yeah. remember a lot of calibration in 2007 but I must tell you we're going through a lot of calibration with our EFIS these days yeah
0: is this new so you too everybody seems to be getting new avionics huh
2: well these are these are the new guts to the avionics so we, we let's say we did a progressive upgrade over Time we didn't actually upgrade the brain until very recently. So I
0: see. Okay, now speaking of which, so without we won't name names, all right, but 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 a a mutual friend of ours, Amy, um, you've (laughs) been helping him with his new avionics, and (laughs) uh, um, and and I've been speculating that there's an element of learning how to fly all over again here. Um, How's he doing?
2: He's doing fantastic, and you are correct in your speculation. Uh, you got to sit down with the book, right, Jeb?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Oh, oh Jeb, uh, you are here. Oh, okay. <laughs>
1: yeah, I, I, I'm sorry. Were you all talking about me? I, I, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. I missed some of that. Um.
0: That's my other good friend here in the virtual hangar from somewhere near Sarasota, Florida, which is really not all that far from somewhere near Fort Myers, Florida. That's uh, Sarasota, Florida's Jeb Burnside. Hi, Jeb. Good afternoon how are you I'm good I'm good except for what I'll talk about in a second but i'm fine i'm I'm fine but uh you yeah so you guys have been i mean Jeb you've been flying not only with Amy you flew with the tech and you've flown with but uh yeah. You're, yeah. You're, you're i mean is it continues I, to go well learning how to fly your new yeah new, i i quote unquote I new airplane
1: a lot of distractions the last few weeks so I haven't flown much in January I'm sorry. Didn't fly much in, in December. Right. Uh, but I'm about to fix that starting tomorrow, I think. Amy is supposed to be pretty good down here tomorrow.
2: Yes, this yep. should blow through tonight and, and the wind's exactly. going to lay down by tomorrow morning and it yeah. should be just lovely it tomorrow nice for time. exactly 24 hours exactly. and then it's all going to happen again It's
1: all deja vu all over It again.
2: feels like, you know, we're on a freight train track and it's just coming at us, so one gotta, after another i got
1: to go north to find some decent winter weather I,
0: You know Alright, alright No, we, uh, yeah we, uh, 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 Jim and I were, were, were chatting you know, one on one the other day, and I was I was I was I was whining, crying, I don't know, whatever. Um, so we got eight and a half inches of snow up here um, a couple of days ago, and uh, and the, and the reality is, though, eight and a half inch snowstorm in early January in New Hampshire really isn't that big a deal theoretically it shouldn't be it, it's you know in fact a, a bigger snowstorm would would not be surprising the, the thing that makes it surprising is that the winter's been weird up here too in that it's been crazy warm we've had an incredible amount of rain we've probably had and you, for, 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 you know you florida people are going to giggle when i say this but we, in december i don't know what the number is i could look it up we probably had 10 inches of rain in december
2: now uh, that's a lot
0: you know and <laughs> uh um and thank goodness none of that was snow, because if it had been snow, I mean, if we had that much precipitation in the form of snow, we would have been buried. Um, but we did have some crazy um, flooding, and, and the rivers were all roaring. And uh, the lookout point, the, the, the water – so uh, as I may have talked about over the past, um, in the fall, they lower the lake level at lookout point, right? Um, they lower it about four feet, actually, um, in order to uh, move the shoreline away from all the properties so that they can – they can do maintenance to the property shorelines and, and also to get the uh, the legs of the docks out of the water so that ice doesn't form around the legs and have you know create create you know chaos. Um, so and so now by, by early December the lake has gone down four feet and it's 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 kind of dramatic looking if you're familiar. Um, the thing that's interesting is that we had one storm where in, in a little bit over twelve hour period the lake at Lookout Point rose two feet. All right. Ooh. Yeah. I mean it's it was nuts. Someone t- sent me a picture and I yeah and and you look at there's there's actually some uh, official state run lake level gauges that you can look at and it's really dramatic how it had gone up. Um and uh, the rivers were all roaring, and uh yeah it's, it was it was quite a thing, um, and then it had gone back to normal, and then we had a snowstorm the other day um, so we had we had eight and a half inches of snow the other day, and any minute now it's going to start raining, and we're going to get like two inches of rain in the next- tw- twenty four hours um, And ironically, the rainstorm we're about to get is actually more dangerous, where everyone's more worried about it than we were about the snowstorm, because uh, um, apparently it's going to start out a little slushy, a little little snowy, wet snow, which is going to get on the branches and on the wires and potentially bring them down plus the wind is going to blow they say so uh, this is going to be the interesting storm and this is your storm by the way this is all your fault okay the storm that you guys were just telling me about is moving up the coast this is basically all this big the
1: gulf of mexico just joined the chat
2: yeah okay
1: because <laughs> i don't think uh, uh, it's all about florida it's this yeah. stuff started somewhere else like texas texas let's blame texas
0: Okay, it's Texas's fault. It's Texas's
1: fault. Okay, all right.
0: Anyways, uh, I came across a quote. Where is it here? Hang on a second. I need to find it now. This will fit in here very nicely. Uh, it was from... Here it is right here. Uh, turns out Oscar Wilde said... <laughs> conversation oscar wilde okay who's a clever guy all right yes, yes. conversation about the weather is the last it's refuge it's of the man. unimaginative he said yes. <laughs> <And> i thought
1: <laughs> there are a great many but he's cap- not a pilot yeah well okay
0: there's that there is that um,
1: probably not a pilot
0: we don't know well yeah certainly not now because he's okay what anyways. was that too yeah um he was a poet not a pilot but, uh, well,
1: there you go. Yeah. Uh, uh,
2: so uh, close. You so a really good je- Jeopardy question. So, <laughs> so close. my, so my
1: close. astigmatism is, is acting up. Yeah. So <laughs> close.
0: <laughs> I. Uh... I was just as I was, I was trying to clean up some tabs here on my on my browser, and I, I came back across the Alton Bay thing. One of the things about the Alton Bay ice runway, I, a couple times I've been up there watching. One of the times, so if you look, you know they they plow this thing and they obviously push it into snowbanks along the edge of the uh, runway and and at the the two ends of the runway a bit too. And I remember one time seeing somebody coming down final and thinking he's a little low, he's a little low, he's a little low, and he he touched down just. Where he went into the snowbank. I mean, his his, his gear. The the fuselage Ooh. didn't hit the snowbank, but the gear went through the snowbank. All right, and uh, fortunately, the snowbank was all fluffy, puffy, you know, light snow. Because if it had been a frozen mass of ice, it could have done something bad to his gear. Um, but uh, you know, the, the snowbanks are. I don't know. I always thought that was a danger too. But, uh, anyways. Uh, what's going on? There's a couple of big stories. Um, in, in, yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's been
2: a busy week.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I think so? Um, I actually want to, actually want to address these in the opposite, opposite order. I put them on the list. Let's talk about the second one first. So, uh, a, a, a few days back, about a week ago now, a little over a week ago, um, at, and I apologize if I'm not pronouncing Haneda airport in, one. I believe it's Tokyo. Um, a, uh, an Airbus three hundred and fifty uh, landed, um, basically as near as anyone can tell, landed right on top of a, a, a Dash eight that was in position.
1: It was, uh, it was on the ground and it basically rolled through it.
0: Yeah, yeah, and um, um, and and there's a lot of really interesting video as there is for so many things these days, and and. Uh, let me Let me start out by by kind of saying, and i 'm sure this is true for the both of you too we 're going to talk about this and, and we may be a little bit light about it i don 't know whether we will or not um, but we we should recognize that tragically five people died in this incident um, um, uh, five out of the six people on board the dash eight which apparently was a, a coast guard a Japanese coast guard aircraft and um, and that's very very sad and and we absolutely don't mean to under you know under whatever that 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 tragedy um because the the rest of this thing was kind of miraculous in some ways it it really is an amazing thing at least i think it is i'll be interested to hear what you guys have to say um the uh, the videos we saw showed the 350 the airbus come down and obviously hit something it was dark it was nighttime so you can't really see it that well all right until you can see it really well and then you can um it comes down and and either just before or as it touches the ground or soon after it touched the ground it bursts into flame all right it's just like and and almost instantly the entire length of this 350 is engulfed in flame all right and the thing is now continuing to roll down the runway um and um apparently i don't know if it, did it go off the runway or did it stay on the runway i think it went off the runway i think i've seen pictures of it on the grass um it uh so it's engulfed in flame um and um, miraculously everybody on board this airbus got off safely um or certainly alive i mean there were some i think some minor injuries but uh um and that alone is, is pretty, pretty amazing. Um, yeah. You know, gratifying, but, uh, but amazing. I, I think you guys have probably also seen, um, there's some video from inside the cabin during yeah. the incident.
1: There's and, a video from inside the cabin after they touched in and were still rolling. Yes. Yeah. There's flames going by yeah. uh, the window.
0: And, and my impression from those videos is how incredibly calm everybody was everybody really. And maybe this is a Japanese culture thing. And if it is, God bless them. Good for them. All right. Um, that, that they, everybody really, really stayed calm. All right. And, um, and then when the airplane came to stop, and apparently the 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 flight crews, you know, did exactly what they need to do, um, and they were able to do it because the passengers weren't losing their minds, and uh, and they managed to pop the appropriate emergency doors, and everybody got out you know, on the slides, um, and and uh, and everybody, you know, I mean, I, there may well have been some injuries in this in this evacuation, but nobody died on the on the airliner, and uh, wow, I mean, yeah. You know, exactly. I,
2: well, that just proves that if you do what you're supposed to do, then the airplane's designed to get everybody off in 90 seconds. Yeah. Yeah. I mean,
0: that's, that's really the truth. And this should be, I don't know, some, somebody somewhere commented that they, I I forget, maybe one of you sent it to me, but there was, there was somebody saying that this, this is now going to be, you know, there's going to be a line added to all the emergency briefings on these airliners, you know, saying, and like the people in Japan, all right, you can get off safely almost under any circumstance if you don't try and get your carry on, you know, if you don't try and collect your laptop, you know, Um, yeah. So, uh, crazy, huh? What, yeah, have, what are yeah. we here? So, Jeb, you, you, I've yeah. seen different accounts that some say the, the Dash 8 was in position and some say it was kind of rolling out there at the time. Do you, there,
1: if, there's, there's video uh, from the airport um, surveillance camera um, shows the Dash 8 taxiing, I don't know, uh, a couple of hundred uh, meters away at least. Uh, maybe maybe closer to a quarter right. mile. I don't know. Yeah, from uh, the camera, from, it's a long yes, ways from off. the camera, from yeah. the camera shows it taxiing by, and you can you have to kind of watch the lights as they as they flash and move and, and this kind of thing, but it clearly went to that to the correct intersection and uh, turned. It was to my recollection, it was a greater than ninety degree turn, uh, and uh, basically took up a. a um, um, uh, position and hold, position, hold, position, wait, whatever it's called these days. Um, line up and, and wait. Line up and wait. Thank you. Uh, took We're a line have to up get you w-
0: back to a tire, towered airport, Jib my goodness. Yeah, I guess yeah. that's it's, <laughs> it's what it
1: is. It's what it is. Um, and sat there, and you could see if you knew what to look for. Yeah, you could see the the lights, and then you saw the Airbus approach from the. From the approach into the runway. Mm-hmm. And uh, descend, touch down on the runway, continue to roll, and then everything just burst into flame.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And yeah.
1: pieces flying all over the place and, and this kind of thing. So
2: they,
1: I mean, they know what happened. the I don't say they know what happened. Early indications are that the crew was told to line up and wait. I'm sorry, was told to hold short. Which that's, yeah of mm-hmm. the runway at that mm-hmm. intersection and instead for some reason uh did the line up and white procedure the captain did survive and i'm sure they'll be having some interesting conversations with him
0: yes they they surely will um th- there's a a fairly well-known um effect of being involved in this sort of a trauma and and that is that you literally don't remember yeah. The, the last few seconds before the event, all right? Um, I, it's more than just convenient memory loss for someone sure. who, you know, um, and and I think I actually saw, I, I was doing a little research here to try and, I, ironically, this item was not on our list. Neither you nor I put this on the list. And so uh, I had to go back and do some, some web searching to find some stories about it. I, I, and somewhere along the line, I think I saw a story that indicated that the uh, the captain has been interviewed, at least partially, and says he has no memory. Yeah. Um, that, that he didn't even know what had happened. He woke up in a hospital, which is kind of—I've heard that kind of story before about people involved in this kind of, of, uh, of you know, yeah. crazy event. Trauma. Yeah. yeah, yeah,
2: but so, they do have—they do have the tower. They—they they have recordings. We yeah. can't understand them very well because. <laughs> Well, of uh, the language
0: barrier. Yeah, although ironically they are speaking English as I recall. Yes,
2: they are. Um, There's and, no uh, question about but that. It, but you know how difficult it is to to hear someone with a very heavy accent yeah. speaking English over the phone. Yeah. agreed. Um and uh and and you know for better or worse some
0: of the videos that we've seen posted have have uh, have captions. Um re, you know, remains we've seen whether those captions were accurate or not, but uh mm-hmm. um, you know, it, it's uh I've seen stories that indicate that there may that, that one of the confusing elements of this might have been the the term "your number one." All right, um, which I don't is that is that an official part of ATC terminology? Um, so sure. they might have said something along the lines of of uh, you know uh, dash dash eight um, hold short of the of runway whatever your number one. OK, yeah, I, and I'm making that crazy. up. I don't that's I don't. Say, right. Yeah. I'm making that up. I don't know what the words were. All right. My point here is there's been a hint. people have implied or sort of wondered whether tagging on your number one might have confused them into thinking they had been directed onto the runway or something like that. You know, it shouldn't uh, have. Yeah. No,
2: it shouldn't have. And the the other thing is that the wigwag lights there that uh-huh. should have been flashing red uh-huh. were uh-huh. no-tammed out. Yeah. Exactly.
0: Yeah, there was some uh-huh. lighting things unavailable. Um, but uh,
1: yeah, And that crew was based at that airport, from what, my understanding. Uh, yeah. Uh, the dash, there was, a, there was a Coast Guard hangar or Coast Guard facility at uh, Haneda. Uh-huh, and, yeah. Uh, it, they were familiar, according to... Uh, um uh what I've seen.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It, uh hmm. so uh
1: I could, mean is there you, for that matter it could have been, you know, uh the pilot and the controller knew each other. Said, Yeah, you're you're next to depart, is what he should have said. But hold yeah. short of, of the runways what right. you know um, yeah. It, it's it's hard to second guess some of that. Uh I mean I've I've been told that I've reported number one for the runway. Yeah and uh, uh, a report number two in sequence. You know, all, all of this kind of thing, too. Right, right. Um, but um, why they taxied onto the runway, I don't know. Yeah. It's, it, there was a similar similar accident in back in the early 90s in LA, LAX. Uh, it was uh, like a Brasilia or something like that. It had taxied into position, uh, cleared into position, as I recall. Uh, and was still holding when the 737 landed on top of it. Uh-huh. Um, and that required that that resulted in a lot of changes. I'll well, say a lot. That resulted in basically making mandatory that you read back a, a hold short or you read back a takeoff clear. Mm-hmm. Okay. In, in uh, a at tower facilities, uh, among other changes. Right and of course, the wigwag lights that Amy mentioned are, are an outgrowth of that also, yeah some I don't, people you know, why they why they did that I don't know right. No one knows. now no one does.
0: from a di- looking at it from a different perspective, some people might wonder, well, how come the Airbus didn't see this airplane taxiing onto the runway in front of them
1: because it was dark
0: yeah and, and I think and and the my part at least my part of my answer to that is that people not, haven't, who haven't operated in this kind of environment may not realize how really weirdly bright and dark an airport at night is. Uh-huh. Um, and, uh, um, you know, you're coming down final and you're seeing an incredible cacophony of colored lights and brights and darks. And, and in between the colored lights are black splotches that could contain airplanes. Um, but
2: wouldn't their TCAS have gone off? That's an interesting I, question. I wonder about that, too. Um, but wouldn't TCAS be turned
0: off because it's just chaotic no. in that
2: environment? No, no, no. In fact, I've been on airplanes where we went around and the captains came back on and said there was something on the runway. Yeah. And But he, is TCAS,
0: and, TCAS, is, is TCAS uh, 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 granular enough to distinguish between an aircraft that's on the runway versus an aircraft that's in the on the taxiway holding short or... Um, I, I would
1: think so. Okay, ABSB in traffic is, is yeah, is, oh, well, uh, uh, discreet enough. It, yeah, it will tell you um, traffic. Yeah, you know, I'll be on short final or something like that, and and uh, the guy who landed in front of me has just made the the, the uh, high speed, mm-hmm. and I'll get a traffic alert. Traffic, you know, hundred feet below, less than a mile, less than a quarter mile, whatever it was. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's kind of. Uh, um, I can imagine. Humbling and endearing at the same time. Yeah.
0: I, mean, I can totally yeah. imagine ADSV being that, uh, that, that well, you know. Well, but
1: TCAS should be even more accurate.
2: Yeah, lot, it, that's my more, point.
1: Yeah, with but a lot more filtering.
0: isn't? TCAS, and that's a
2: brand new airplane. Yeah, yeah well, that, there's
0: that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm sorry, isn't TCAS, didn't it used to? Is it still, doesn't it use transponder returns to sure. sense, to calculate distance? So yeah, it, it's very not directional. Yeah, specific.
2: Then? Right. No, oh, yeah, it is. Is it really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. Not only is it directional, but it commands resolutions. All right. I, I wasn't aware of that. Okay.
0: Yeah. Is that true in RGA airplanes? Well, oh, no, we don't have TCAS. No. no. If
2: you
1: have TCAS, it is. If
2: yeah, okay, you have
0: yeah.
1: TCAS, if, it is. if you have ads traffic, no, it's not. Okay. It's not All available.
0: right. That's interesting. I, I was under the impression that TCAS was just a... A, a you know kind of closeness thing. And it kind of just said if there's anybody in any direction within a certain you know no, distance. No,
1: it, it's it's a lot more sophisticated yeah.
2: now. Very now, much uh, so. Back up. There, there,
1: there are levels of TCAS.
2: Yeah. The latest but,
1: TCAS levels will do everything that Amy says. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and and they they override even air traffic control because they'll command a change, mm-hmm. like do it now, because air traffic control can't even do that that fast
1: and you probably can't get a word in edgewise in a terminal facility exactly yeah interesting okay
0: well um uh, 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 so you know, anyway. a, an interesting uh, uh, incident i'm sorry jeb do you have something to
1: add you know, well i was just going to say uh, a lot of people are are um appraising the carbon fiber predominant construction of, uh, of the a350 i saw that uh, why I, i'm kind of wondering about that too i, I on one hand, uh, we've seen in the past results of a fire aboard a uh, an all aluminum airplane. Yep, and it eventually, you know, t- turns into liquid aluminum, in, in, right. and there's a puddle on the runway. or Right. Right. Um.
0: Now, I, I, I actually I asked this. You to just... It
1: looks like it looks like uh, um some of the aerial views. Uh, it's burned down to the ground.
0: There's, yeah, once the fire was line, done, it's yeah, gone. Yeah, yeah it's yeah, definitely burned away to yeah, ash. Yeah. Um, so I asked I actually read something about what about the carbon fiber that might have been good in this situation. And as I understood it, I read it kind of fleetingly, but what I what I read was that one of the the, the aspects or the ways that this carbon fiber material burns is that um it initially for a few minutes all right, creates sort of an ash on the on the skin. All right, and a, a, a sort of a different kind of material. All right, and as a result, that material for a few minutes will block heat. All right, and as a result, it will keep it less hot in the in the in the cabin. Um, does that make sense? What I'm describing? Uh, I,
1: I read something similar. Yeah, um, and and they say I'm that that's sure. what
0: makes know. that's what makes the carbon fiber fuselage better in this particular kind of situation it's not obviously a barrier because once it burns through it's yeah but it apparently gave them some more time um i saw that yeah well,
2: I, I,
1: interesting i i wonder about that um i'm sure they do, they've done burn testing and, and things like this oh yeah but this is the first time we've seen uh, uh for real in the field test yeah. of this technology you know you know in that kind of a scenario you i'm sure there's going to be a lot of data picked up and and uh a lot yeah. of information gained from a close examination. As far as I know, that runway is still closed, and, and what what remains no, I think
0: I think I think I saw a story here where was I, I think I added a story here. Um, okay. Anyways, I in researching it this afternoon, I think I saw a story saying the runway is open now. Okay. Um, but uh, and they've apparently already implemented some changes, procedural changes, um, at least at Haneda to uh, um, to try and. You know reduce the chance that this kind of thing would happen again um, and uh, they, and apparently there'll be more so it's all very interesting um i uh, I think I speak for all of us when I say our condolences to the five people who were killed and the and the uh, yeah, uh, and the captain who pretty was pretty very, very very uh, um, seriously injured um, a, a terrible terrible tragedy. But also, uh, kudos. I mean, just ca- I cannot say how impressed I am with the crew and the passengers of this Airbus. My goodness, they did it right, and uh, yeah, good, good for them, good for them. The interesting thing about this particular story, in any other two-week period, this would just continue to be the big aviation story. All right, this would have been but in no. the news. <laughs> this would have been in the news every day for a month. All right, um, but this story just completely disappeared from the news because Alaska Air happened, uh, Alaska Airlines. So, uh, and this one's kind of interesting too. And this one's a little bit more on our own turf. Obviously, it's here in North America, in, in the U.S um alaska airlines uh, 737 max one of our favorite airliners um i i shouldn't say that that's a terrible thing to say it's probably it's anyways don't get me started it um uh, it had uh, experienced an explosive decompression i guess is what you would call it um on a uh, part way through climb out um from uh from where portland uh portland oregon i guess right um yeah and uh, Turns out what happened, uh, at least what we know happened, um, there are a lot of details, but um, there was a. I don't even know how to. It's because it's not a door. I'm trying to avoid using the fact.
2: It's a plug. It's a plug. It's an Uh, an
1: emergency door plug.
0: Yes. So it turns out that the way it works is that these 737 fuselages have um, a, a door opening built into them and on some configurations of the airplane that becomes a, a an emergency exit all right and they'll put a regular door just like the doors we've seen so forth and so on it's not over the wing it's like halfway between the wing and the tail all right and uh um, but some configurations have a have a door there that's deactivated, which means it's like kind of sealed more somewhat, not permanently, but but seriously, all right, and 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 paneled over on the inside of the cockpit. And then there's another configuration where it is um, it's plugged, all right. Um, there is there's a door shaped piece of structure that is fastened into the opening and then it's from on the inside you hardly even know that it's there that, it, that there's anything there although the window configurations are a little bit different but uh, it, it doesn't look like a door from inside because it's not a door um so on this particular um 737 um it that that door popped out and they're still trying to figure out exactly why and how um but the door popped out and uh and and the and, and suddenly there was a big opening in the side of the fuselage, and uh, explosive decompression. Stories we're hearing of, of just what you've seen in the movies about a hurricane in in the airplane, in the in the cabin, not only in the cabin. Apparently, reached all the way up into the cockpit. This is.
2: But 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 wait! It yeah. turns out yeah. if you read farther, Boeing says that's what the cockpit doors are supposed to do. Oh, okay, yeah. So this
0: is this is, <laughs> this is the thing. So I don't know if you're alluding, to, Amy. Were you in part of this conversation? Maybe you were. I was kind of shocked to hear that there was a situation. So the cockpit door popped open. All right, under the pressure difference right. differential here. Mm-hmm. All right, um, there was one 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 report that described it as popping open and banging against the latrine door. There's a there's so there's a, a bathroom right there, you know, a, a passenger bathroom right there, mm-hmm. um, and the door popped open and banged against that. All right, and the, apparently the 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 pilots, you know, kind of like it was so windy even in the cockpit that. That uh, their headsets came off and paper, where they lost a checklist that disappeared. And I mean, there's just all kinds of stuff happening. So it was was a crazy, crazy situation. Um, We maybe come back to this cockpit door thing, which has still got me a little bit flummoxed, but let's come back to that
2: later. So, what
1: you're saying is. That any would-be yeah. terrorist, all he has to do is punch out a window, and <laughs> well, get out, God. and the cockpit door will pop up. All what right, so saying?
2: you all think alike, don't you? See, I was going right. to let that just sit there. No, so this is
0: exactly. I'm sorry, <laughs> well, so maybe we it, will it talk seemed about obvious this. Obvious to me, yeah. Maybe so. We will talk about this now. Uh, this is what <laughs> this is what caught my attention, literally. All right, since since nine eleven, all right. I and I think a lot of people, other people, have been kind of operating under the assumption that airliner. Cockpit doors now are basically—I don't know what the right word would
2: be—impenetrable, I-
0: unimpenetrable, or in, cannot yeah.
2: cannot
0: be forced open, cannot be forced open. All right, and to discover that, and and so, oh, I know it. It was it was uh, it was Malcolm. Jeb we you and me and Malcolm oh, okay. were talking yeah, about yeah. this. All right, and Ma- Malcolm, God bless him, had had numbers at his fingertips. He yeah. had apparently one time done some calculations about. Uh, uh, um pressure differential in, in aircraft. And he was able to actually come up with a number. Uh, I I will take him at his word that it's somewhat, you know, accurate, but, um, and, and he, he came up with a, that, that that there was something on the order of 10,000 pounds of pressure against this door. Um, and so no wonder the, the, and it's, if you ask me, it's the latch that failed, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. I can almost imagine that if if there was such a dramatic pressure differential that it like damaged the door frame all right and caused it to pop out that way, but the latch is not supposed to be able to be forced thats it's like this has been a this has been a a, a thing of faith with me for years now the, the latch is not you're not supposed to be able to force the cabin the cockpit door and uh Apparently you can. I don't know what that translates. I don't know whether you could go in there. This is my question, I guess, now. So could you go in there with a pry bar, all
1: right, and pop that door? Um, I'm sure sure TSA will allow you to take that on the airplane.
2: Yeah, I was going to say, that's going to get tricky. Yeah.
1: Okay. (laughs) Okay.
0: Anyways. Um, yeah, anyways. So um, this thing happened. Um, it was apparently chaotic. Now, um, so no, And there were a few injuries, but no one was dramatically hurt. So, uh, I mean, thank goodness no one went, left the airplane, which sometimes you— this No is one that. was sitting there. No one was sitting in those seats. Is, is that the case? I wasn't sure about yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there is a somewhat dramatic story about a kid who had been sitting near there, who who the reports are his his shirt was ripped off by the wind, um, and which seems, I, I can imagine it being torn and part of it. I don't know whether they, they, they anyways, um, people and so, I'm sorry I'm laughing a little bit here because now, um, so they needed to find the door. All right, I mean, in the, in the, so the airplane turns around. They, they, they get their warnings they turn around they come back and land safely at Portland and all the passengers get off and are dealt with and, and if there are injuries nothing has been really dramatically that, that's been reported so that's good that's good. All right. So now um, NTSB comes on, on the scene, and they're doing this investigation. And, uh, and one of the things is they want to see the door. And so they, 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 they kind of send out the word. It's like, we're looking for the door. If you've got the door, let us know. All right. And for a few days, they couldn't find the door. But then suddenly someone called in and said, I think I've got the door in my backyard. Here it is. And they found it. In the process of searching for the door, they found all kinds of other things, um, all, a lot of other debris that went out of this airplane. Um, phone, uh, smartphones, all right, um, and um, you know, all kinds of things, P- personal property, I guess. You know, it's crazy the things that they found that came out of this airplane. Um, based on this this event, so uh, so. Anyways, here we are. I'm talking too much. What, what what what's you guys take on this whole thing? Is this uh, a thing?
1: Um, it, it's it's definitely a thing. this airplane had I don't know how many cycles on it, but it was put into service in like early November. yeah yeah, it's We're, brand new brand new airplane yeah um, and and the a, the emergency ad the the FAA put out uh, basically overnight um, has uncovered um, uh, other instances of of uh, improper maintenance slash installation. With other Max Nines operated by United, which is the only other uh, U.S. carrier that operates the Max Nine, mm-hmm. um, and it's, I think five different airplanes have been has been uh, identified okay. at United with "quote unquote" loose fittings. Or it's loose probably
2: points. more now.
1: It's probably, it's probably more, more now. It's probably some Alaska airframes that have been can, can be added to that. Um, I saw a picture. You know uh, on the internet, so you take it for what it's worth, uh, apparently showing um, one of the United airplanes, and those nuts are not tight,
0: yeah, so yeah. apparently the way this works um, is um, this this door shaped piece, so the so-called plug. Um, fits into the space Um, it apparently slides into some sort of i don't know i'm going to call it a bracket or something like that apparently it goes in high and then sets down into some sort of fitting seating or whatever and then is bolted in at the four corners of the door. This is what I've heard. And there's a pretty interesting technical video out there of a a 737 um, captain, I guess he is, um, who has kind of set him up on YouTube as being uh, providing a lot of technical information about the seven threes. It's a pretty interesting channel. And, and he seems pretty plausible. He seems pretty knowledgeable and he, and, and, and prompted by this event, he did a video where he talked about, the, the I believe is about five or six different configurations of this quote-unquote door, um, depending on the model uh, of the configuration of your of your airplane, uh, which basically boils down to how many seats you've got in your 737. Um, going all the way from a full-blown door all the way down to this plug, um, and uh, and so he describes it as having being bolted in at the four corners. And Jeb, as you as you allude, we're now seeing hearing reports and even maybe seeing pictures of. Uh, now that they're inspecting these things, that the uh, we've got the one that you've seen, you're talking about, I think Jeb, they they look loose. They look there's, not there's tightened down. Washer. And it
2: looks like a manu- manufacturing issue. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Um, the, the the nut is not uh, fully. I'm sorry, the threaded part of the shaft is not fully through the nut. Yeah, there is a flat washer behind it that is clearly loose. Yeah, and there's clearly. <clears throat> Here's the thing that gets me that it looks it looks like there's a tool mark on the on the uh, airframe component that would have been made by the washer when it was first torqued down.
2: So it came loose.
1: It came loose or it was loosened.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's very strange and and the other issue is this airplane was talking to people. Yeah. for days yes. before this happened. That is the other thing. And uh, I, uh,
0: yeah. What is it you're talking about, Amy? You're talking about the, they've got, they got warning lights. For- they
2: got warning lights. They got pressurization warning lights that couldn't be explained. And the airplane was actually restricted from going over water flights to Hawaii because they they were worried about this airplane. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, Jim? Has there been any any additional reporting on that? Because I'm kinda wondering if maybe that was unrelated. Here's why. Okay. Um if there was a pressurization leak at that uh, emergency door plug, don't you think there would have been some noise? Don't you think I that... asked
2: the same question yeah, Don't you Jeff? think
1: that someone would have commented and, and called a flight attendant over and said, Hey, what's this? Excuse but
2: me. but maybe it would have been you or me doing that. I think that they fairly well disguised that, and I don't think that people noticed. Well, and well, also, you know,
1: and the other thing going on here too is there was no one seated there, right? They, you know, it was there was, a, it was a almost full flight from what I understand. I don't know what percentage or what number of seats were empty, but it was on the order of single digits. Yeah, and and. Two or three of those seats for that exit row in front of that plug. Talk Just about
0: good out. luck! My goodness, yeah. Um, uh, as far as hearing it, uh, the only thing I would add is that, um, especially behind the wings, um, uh, uh, an airplane, an airliner, co- uh, cabin in flight is a big hissing mess all the time. Anyways, I mean, I, I, I don't, you know, I don't know if you he would have heard it.
1: Yeah, or be, I or be what, able to
0: I, distinguish it from.
1: I understand what you're saying. Uh, there's got to have been a couple of frequent flyers, though, that were in that part of the airplane over the flights it's made.
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah, it could be. Could be. Absolutely. Um, so, uh, yeah. This is, a. Uh, I mean, what's the story with the 737 MAX? Is this just bad luck? Is this...
2: So... I think it's going to go bad. Back to bad processes somewhere yeah. in there. because procedures just a, and processes. Right. Just
0: recently, a week or two ago, um, there was a uh, an, an, a directive from I don't know NTSB or FAA or whatever um, to inspect some other bolts on the Max aircraft. Um, if you see These you, in the rudder. Oh, yeah, it was it was not, not related there. to the doors. This is not not. But but the point is, you know, there there's. I don't know, man, what, how, I wonder how these things are assembled. I mean, it's like you, you got to figure there's like a very, very serious procedure and torque specs and, and the whole thing about all these, these fasteners. Um, this is a story from uh, December 29th uh, on, uh, I think I'm reading AvWeb here, right? Yeah, AvWeb. Loose bolt prompts max inspections. Boeing is, urge, oh, Boeing is ur- urging airlines to inspect 730 MAX jets for a possible loose bolt in the rudder control system the FAA said on Thursday. Yeah. Uh, but
2: but Jack these SMS systems are only as good as the supervisors and the managers yeah. and the and the no, line people yeah. who are out there and the QA, are, you know, and And, and uh, the QA uh, it, it's all a team and everybody has to play by the rules.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Now are these MAXs uh, assembled in Wichita? Do
1: we know? Hmm. No, they're I, assembling in, I'm sorry, in Wichita. The fuselages are assembled in the
0: fuselages, yeah. yeah. So uh, we've talked about this over the years. Dave used to tell us stories about uh, what is it, Spiro Air, Spirit. Spirit Aero S- systems? Spiro. Spiro. I'm
2: sorry. <laughs> uh <laughs> Spiro I'm
1: doing I'm doing flashbacks here. Yeah, I
0: know, so. I know, I know, I know. Spirit Aero systems, I think, or something like that, that's is a that, is an outfit outfit there in Wichita that uh, assembles these fuselages, and then they they fam- somewhat notoriously not notorious, famously you know, um, remarkably put them on on railroad cars and uh, flatbed railroad cars, and they, uh, trains take them to up to Washington State where they are finished assembly, um, and uh, I don't know. Whether this these bolts are, are are installed in Wichita or, and and even if they're installed in Wichita, you, I don't know. I just maybe I'm naive. I, I I would like to think that when they arrive in Washington, they get Q8 again, um, but maybe not.
1: Maybe not. Um, I've there's there's uh, in response to this this event uh, this, uh, this accident, there's a lot of pictures of. Uh, the, the green literally green fuselage is being shipped uh, from Wichita to, to Boeing in, in Washington state yep and uh, there's clearly a plug in the side on some of these mm-hmm. um, and but it's all it's it's all installed it's all wrapped in, in green plastic to, to minimize corrosion and all this um, um, I gotta think that somewhere you know I'm sure there are records, uh, of who installed that door and who installed this and who installed that mm-hmm. back at the spirit factory and it'll be interesting to dive into that yeah,
0: yeah I don't I'm sure someone
1: there i don't know if if the protocol um, would require someone at washington in washington state to <clears throat> to test all this stuff out before uh uh putting the the final approval of it. I don't know it it seems now it seems foolhardy that you don't but maybe right. who
0: knows but see i think even if you totally trust spirit and they've been around for a long time maybe they're entitled to being trust trusted it's been on a train for 10 days all right you know what What the heck got vibrated loose on the train you know you got i think you'd inspect them again i think you got, i just can't imagine that you don't anyways it's a mess and it's way too soon for us to know what really happened here or, or yeah. the details and mm-hmm. and and they're going to figure this out um one thing uh, that
1: jumps out at me though out of all of this isn't this an overly complicated assembly? Well, I mean, you I don't got all know. These, you get all this stuff. I I don't know. I, I I'm sure you know it's evolved to where what it is now, but it's got hinges. It's got uh, all these bolts. It's got all this, and it just seems like it's uh, overly complicated. Uh, you're not going to have an emergency exit there. Uh, put something permanent in, not something you can you can fuss around with and remove at, at will. I don't know. It just seems. It just seems less than optimal.
0: I guess. I'm sure it's some sort of return on investment. You know, kind yeah. of manufacturing cost.
2: I. You know. Yeah, it, I would bet that that's part of it. It's because cheaper. They have so many different configurations. Yeah.
0: And you and so you, you just you're not going to make different fuselages. Some of them have this o- door opening, and some of them don't. That's just you know. No, I
1: I, I totally agree. But at the same time, uh, there, as as you noted, I think, earlier in this conversation, there's like four different configurations of this this uh, component. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what's up with that?
2: Well, I agree with you there, Jeff.
0: Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, I'm sure what it is. So literally, what it is from this from this technical YouTube channel that I watched, um, it, it it literally it, it's it's related to how many passengers are going to be on board
1: i I totally get that i understand the logic behind having a plug or or having an exit a working exit door there what i don't understand is why this plug is so is so complicated and has so many different failure modes
0: yeah well that's that's a good question and i'm sure they're going to answer this you know and so uh is on the case um I will, I will, ca- I will call attention to one question mark about the NTSB. Um, so we've seen the video of uh, of these. Uh, there's a there's, oh.
1: <laughs> there's an NTSB. Hi, Steve.
0: Yeah, hi Steve. Our friend Steve Tupper is probably banging his head against the wall someplace if he's seen this video. There's a there's, a, there's an NTSB published video that's B-roll. It's that sort of you know background shots that, that that news reporters can use and whatnot. And in this B-roll, in this video, it shows the NTSB investigators in the fusel- in the aircraft looking around and inspecting various parts. And there was one pretty notable st- one notable shot where one of the in- investigators is taking pictures of something with her phone and she's holding the phone in vertical mode all right mm-hmm. she's not holding it in horizontal <laughs> <orientation>, <laughs> <right>? <laughs> and
1: and yeah, I that's, just, the, that's the chair of the NTSB by the
0: way yeah right and uh, um, and I just I just I'm just sure that if our friend Steve Tupper was watching that video he was simultaneously banging his head against the, the table because the, he does not like people doing taking pictures not in horizontal mode um, I on the other hand think you you old people need to get over it because this is the way of the world now. Sc- screens come in lots of different shapes, but uh,
1: but except except when you're trying to make a magazine cover.
0: You know you said there that. you go Hang thank on. you. You said that you said that in our t- in our chat Jeb, but I want to know. I mean even a horizontal picture isn't going to fit. It, actually a vertical picture fits better on your magazine cover because your magazine that's that's, that's
1: my point everybody say do do uh landscape mode do landscape mode do landscape mode oh i'm saying do both oh okay yeah Yeah.
2: you have to do both you have to have that option yeah yeah
1: Yeah. okay it's not a you you can do both it's not an either or situation right
0: so it's going to be interesting to find out what's going on here. We have yet another uh, 737 Max um, adventure here, and uh, a bunch of them are grounded, pro- you know, pending inspections. And the inspections are turning up things that are now going to require repairs. It's 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 just a mess. Poor poor I don't know. Poor Boeing. Maybe they don't deserve my pity, but um, poor Boeing. Poor the Max. You know, I, I, I to this day, and I don't ride on airliners much anymore, but I actually was on a Max on a recent trip. And, and I'm looking at the, I, I didn't really recognize it just getting on board, but I'm, I get seated and I look at the little emergency card in the pocket, you know, in the seat in front of me, and, and it says 737 Max. And I just kind of go, Uh oh, really? <laughs> it's like, okay, it's going to be
1: fine. It's going to be you, fine. You texted me or, or something that on that trip. Yeah. And I texted you back. It'll be fine, probably. Yeah, probably.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so, anyways, we're going learn- Yeah, we're going to learn some <laughs> interesting things here about doors and bolts and fasteners and and quality assurance and and you know, fabrication procedures. It's 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 kind of going to be interesting. Anyways. Um Segue. Segue. Here we go. Segway. You ready? Let's see if yes. I can do this. Speaking of photography from a bizarre perspective. I don't know. See? Okay. That's that's I know. I don't know. Gave it away. I, know gave it away. I know, right? Uh so um our 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 late dear friend Dave Higdon. Um it it was his birthday last week and uh and I, I didn't want it to pass unnoticed. Um and to uh, to wish him a happy birthday. Um he you know I, I know we all miss him, and uh, I think about him on a regular basis. And uh, um, it's too bad he couldn't have been here to, uh, for us to wish him and give him a hard time about all this stuff. I wonder what he would have thought. I can't remember if he ever, <laughs> if he ever expressed an opinion on this whole subject of vertical versus horizontal picture-taking on smartphones. Um, he was never I've really a smartphone. You have? i seem to
1: do both deliberately
0: oh okay um uh, he of course to the to the to his final days used some very fancy photography equipment, and he didn't do an awful lot of smartphone photography as as I can recall but uh but yeah,
2: no, he wasn't that interested in anything that came from a little a little yeah. phone that should
0: he be had, used as a phone that had, is absolutely true. He had some really cool gear um all 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 along I mean, as far back as i when I first met him, he was carrying around back then, I met him in the tail end of the last days of of actual film photography um when they were doing doing photography for the uh, for the uh, Air Venture uh, paper. Um so uh um
2: when when those guys had those cameras size really mattered.
0: Yeah. Okay. All right. Thank you for that. Uh, um, I don't know whether you guys have any particular reminiscence about Dave. I just wanted to. There was one thing I I was just kind of you know kind of remembering Dave recently and thinking about um, some of the things we did together. One of the things that I really really enjoyed doing with Dave um, was when we would be at Sun and Fun together. um, For as a result of all. Just perennial bad luck, Jeb, you often weren't at Sun and Fun because you had your... I was you just
1: riding around on the cart, checking yeah. out playing? Yeah. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And,
0: and Dave, would, Dave and I, uh, there was a period of time of three or four or five years in a row where um, at least one night um, during Sun and Fun week, um, we would commandeer a golf cart and we would go just kind of cruising. And, 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 and under any circumstances, this is just an incredibly pleasant thing to do. But with Dave there to give you this kind of narration, all right, was just fascinating. Dave, you know, we'd we'd be, and just about any, any, part of the grounds whether we were in warbirds or whether we were in general aviation parking or whether we were in ultralights or wherever we were you know he, he would have an interesting story about something or a person that he knew or a, um, it, and, it, and it was so interesting that we actually then started recording a daily episode during this golf cart ride and so a bunch of the a bunch of the uh, years from Sun and Fun we, there would be a daily episode where we recorded it while we were cruising around in the golf cart and I'd, I'd capture him talking about these things and as a matter of fact one time I actually I actually mounted a camera and we made a video version of the of the daily episode where Dave and I are just kind of cruising around and, and uh, we I remember halfway through this one we were we were stopped someplace maybe out near Alter or something like that we were stopped and we were just chatting about the things that we were seeing around us and all of a sudden we were interrupted by a, another son and fun attendee who came up and and said hi because he was a podcast he was an, a UCAP fan all right and he said hey are are you Dave all right you know it's like yeah I am Dave and we chatted with him for a few minutes but uh those were very that that's a very very pleasant memory for me that those times that um we just got to go cruising around in the golf cart
1: did uh, any of those journeys uh did he ever point to the numbers for runway nine and say that's where they left me
0: yeah (laughs) no no (laughs) he yes (laughs) he he actually told finally told that story yeah um but uh, in, in like one of the last Sun and Fun episodes before he passed, um, and uh, but because uh, he kept that story very close to the vest for a lot of years. Oh yes, he did. Yeah, yes, he he, did. he. I don't know exactly <laughs> what what caused him to kind of try and finally tell that story, but uh, that's um, the
1: limitations.
0: Something like that.
2: You know? yeah, there you go. <laughs> and, and
0: sadly, the, the way he told it um, there on our episode from from Sun and Fun that morning um, was not as colorful as the versions that I I had heard over the years. True. Um, but uh yeah and and I I maybe we'll dig it out or something like that but
1: yeah. uh yeah, back it, in the day he told that story with four part harmony
0: exactly <laughs> you know and it, it was <coughs> you know yes. involved him and a bunch of ultralight friends and his beloved wife Annie and uh, a whole bunch of other co-conspirators it was uh, um quite a story so i don't know whether you guys have any memories of dave you wanted to share but uh
2: Well, I saw a really nice picture of Dave that probably came from Sun and Fun uh, just the other day, as a matter of fact, because he did enjoy hamming it up with the ladies, uh, usually at the radio station, Mm -hmm. um, uh, particularly when women in aviation was doing their stuff. And Kelly Murphy always had a frame and Dave was framed in there right along with them. He wasn't going to miss that Mm -hmm. not for anything in the world so it made me smile when i saw that the other day
0: yeah jeb
1: you got anything you want to add here um talking about his cameras and whatnot um i've got a and you both have seen it i think uh hanging on my my foyer a picture he took of me landing at augusta kansas years ago Mm -hmm. uh it's a great little shot He, he I, I, I landed in a taxi van and shut down, and been in there. I'm like, where's Dave? Oh, he'll, he'll be here in a minute. He had to run out. He had to go to do something. Oh, okay. And uh, I don't know. I was there for the weekend and, and stuff. And uh, as I was leaving, uh, I was packing up to get to go back, fly wherever I was going. Um, Dave gave me that framed. He gave me the shot. For, he, I'm sure he took several. Uh, but... Uh, that was very, very kind of him, very thoughtful, uh, using his talents like that. Um, and uh, we'll always miss him. Yeah,
0: yeah. Mm-hmm. Happy birthday, Dave. We miss you. Well, okay, so very good. Thank you guys for taking some time. You Absolutely. alluded earlier to the fact that this was kind of disruptive, and uh, and that's fine. That you, I understand. No, no,
2: no, no, no. No, 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 We were teasing you. Oh, okay,
0: all right. No. No, <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> There's you know, a lot
1: of distraction, but once we schedule something, we stick with it.
0: There the you part. go. Yeah. There you go. And uh, Amy's internet held in there. Um, I The storm didn't hit yet, and... Uh, um so, it's
2: getting uglier and uglier out there. It is a little dark, dark now. Here a little
0: yeah. Bit. Yeah. Like I said, yeah. it's supposed to storm here tonight, too. I haven't heard. I can't see out any of my windows here, but I uh, haven't heard anything getting going yet. But it's oh, going yeah. to be a little bit crazy here tonight and tomorrow morning. So I'll, I'll report back. Anyways, thank you, folks. I, uh, uh, guys, ladies and gentlemen, I appreciate it. It's always fun to get together with you. Uh, Amy Lobota is there. Uh, Amy is an ATP pilot who, after over 40 years in the aviation community, enjoys giving back as a lead FAST team representative. She's a retired aviation journalist and likes to describe herself as an assistant airplane builder. Thank you, Amy. We appreciate you taking the time to be with us. Happy to be here. And Jeb Burnside. Jeb is a freelance aviation writer and editor. He serves as the editor-in-chief of Aviation Safety Magazine. He's also a frequent contributor to other aviation publications. You can find Jeb's work online at aviationsafetymagazine.com. He's also occasionally be found on avweb.com and AEA.net and others. And I'm Jack Hodgson. I'm a private pilot, a freelance writer, and a digital media producer. My personal website is jackhodgson.com. You can also find me making non-general aviation content at patreon.com jackhodgson and youtube.com jackhodgson. And you can find my ebooks on Amazon by searching for Around the Field in the books section. And a big thank you to all you folks for taking the time to listen. Uh, if possible, please become a supporter of this podcast at patreon.com slash uncontrolled airspace. Uh, or you can make a PayPal tip jar donation, care of the email address podcast at uncontrolledairspace.com. It doesn't take very much. Just 10 or $15 spread over the span of an entire year is a big help in covering the expenses of doing this podcast. Also, we love to hear from you, so you can use that same email address, podcast at uncontrolledairspace.com, to send us your comments and questions. So, anyways, uh, Jeb, do you have any words of wisdom for us?
1: Yeah, um, you know, next time you're up in the air and, and something's not going right, don't drop the airplane to fly the radio. No one on the ground can do much to help you, so fly the airplane, work in the communications as you as you can.
0: Very good. Very good. Well, all right, you wayward aviators. That's enough talking. Let's go flying. An episode downloads. All of that is at uncontrolledairspace.com. David, you're going to tell us something here? Well, if you want to stop time, go fly. Because, as you know, time spent flying is not subtracted from your lifespan. So you live longer that way. Bye-bye. And that's.